hello, welcome to episode three of the redo, this special one where I'm actually in San Diego with John right now because partially because this is our one year Fringiversary podcast edition. Hello. Welcome to San Diego. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is one of the rare podcasts where we're actually in the same room. It is. In the same city. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we kind of wanted to talk about, A, our time here, and also I'm going to give Margo her friendship report card because it's been a year. For friends, I'd like them to report cards. You know, they want to know how they're doing. I don't have one for John, but I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to hear his first. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go off. I'll explain the concept of a friendship report card later, and then that'll really reveal to you what it's for. So do you want to start with that, or is that better saved to the end? Uh, it's really up to you. How do, do you feel comfortable being evaluated now or later? Yeah, definitely. You can go now. Okay, go. Uh, so, okay, here's the thing. Uh, I've had this idea for a long time, friendship report card, and it used to be one of those gag gifts that you buy, and it'll be like friendship report card and, you know, whatever the categories are. But I modified mine because a good friend to me, a good friend to you is very different things, right? Some people might care about how fun someone is. Somebody might care how loyal they are, you know? Um, so my friendship report card is goes like this. Um, these are, you know, this was done maybe like 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. So things have changed. Um, but just like a real report card, you created from A to F, plus or minus, and there's comments. Oh, you wrote mine down? Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I have it here. You have like I, a spreadsheet document for all your report cards. Yes, it's mine. Oh, my goodness. All right. This is, no, I'm not fucking around. Okay, this is this, annual. This is, a, this is a real report card. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, but, you know, no, uh, do you want your grade also? Or whatever you feel is the best delivery method, parent-teacher yeah, conference we, we, we style, whatnot. You can also debate because you might not agree with the grade. You can. Okay. You know. um, so anyway, so let's start with this. Um, a is an excellent. B is above average. C is average. Mm-hmm. D is below average. F is a failure. N is incomplete or not applicable. Uh, is this on a curve or no? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a re- in relation to my other friends. Okay. Right? I mean, it's my personal report card. Mm. Um, so let's start with the top. These are the requirements, okay? Number one is sensitivity, uh, conversationalist, three is availability, reliability, honesty, sense of humor, empathy, discretion and loyalty, self-awareness, and unconditionality. Wow. These, th- okay. This is just the requirements. I have there's an equal number of electives. Oh. So let's start from the top. Uh, <laughs> sensitivity. I feel like you're pretty sensitive. Um, so what's weird is that nowadays I kind of feel like sensitivity is not that important to me. I don't know how you feel about sensitivity these days because this was written, I think, when we were younger and you want someone to sort of like, oh, they have to sort of be aware of what's going on with you, whatnot. I don't really believe in that anymore, but I'll give you a B. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because um, sensitivity to your needs and you as opposed to how am I as a person... Yeah, so now the way I interpret that would sort of be sensitivity to the world. Like, how do they sort of, like, are they sensitive to things going on? Or are they sensitive to, you know, it wouldn't really be me focused anymore because I don't don't need a friend to be that sensitive towards me anymore. See what I'm saying? Huh. So is this more toward things in my more immediate environment, like my in my life, like interpersonally or like world events or like, overall? Are you a sensitive person? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know what's going on? That's the way I interpret it nowadays, but I don't think that's how I would interpret it 10 years ago. Interesting, but it's still item A on your report card. It isn't. I mean, I think some of this stuff is also came from the stock report card. Mm-hmm. So I can't 100% sure say these are always mine, but I do have a few that are definitely mine. Okay. Uh, so sensitivity, I'll give you a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversationalist. A plus, oh. obviously. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're fucking podcasting. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, availability. This one's tricky mm-hmm. with us uh, because I think we're always available, but digitally, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, this is something 10 years ago, I think I would have put more stock into if we lived in the same city or like, hey, what are you doing? Let's hang out. Uh, whereas now we hang out occasionally and that's fine. So I will also give you, I'll give you a B. That's I'll higher than I thought. Oh, oh, really? It was lately I've been quite unavailable. <laughs> well, I don't intersect with your Tinder life. Right, so, right. Well, yeah. hey, what's up? And I'm like, sorry, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. No, that's fine. Day that's, after that. There's there's definitely a 24, 36-hour window for just like text messaging and stuff. Okay. Right? For, among friends. Okay. Uh, reliability. Mm. Um, to be honest, I want to go with not applicable for this one. Okay. Um, I don't think... Have I relied on you for anything yet? I hope not. I don't... <laughs> but again, I think this partially goes face to the fact that we're not in the same city. We're not in the same city. Right. I mean, in, in the sense that... Well, this goes back to a conversation that John and I had earlier in the car... In the um, saying that there's not really anyone that I call nowadays, or people don't really call me if they want to talk about something, mostly because I'm never around, or people don't know if I'm around. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of the reliability that would be not applicable to me. So I'm going with not not applicable. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, incomplete. I'm sorry. Yeah, incomplete. <laughs> uh, honesty. Uh, I feel like you're actually pretty honest um, when I ask you opinion about something. I think even if it's, I mean, have you told me negative things that I don't want to hear yet? Uh, if you haven't wanted to hear them, you haven't expressed it to me. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate honesty. I'd like to give you, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a B at, for also honesty. Hmm. Yes. Agreed. I'd give this B plus, but okay. Oh, you want a B plus. <laughs> you, oh, you're very honest. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you're more truthful toward me than? Well, you said I'm quite people? opaque. Not opaque. Wait, what? No, you said opposite. Sorry. You said I was transparent. When you don't like something? In general. Oh, in general. Or was it only for my Tinder stuff? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I think you're very honest as far as when you tell me stuff. Oh, okay. About yourself. Right. Very honest. Mm-hmm. But arguably, maybe you're holding back telling me about something. I mean, I don't know. Oh. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. We're, oh, I we're see. new friends because like, you know, new friends are sort mm-hmm. of like, something might annoy me about you, mm. but I won't tell you until five years later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't wait. I mean, I'm just saying, right? It's possible. Uh, let's move on to sense of humor. Uh, a, we laugh at the same things, don't we? Okay. Yeah. We both hate the same things. A lot of we, true. We hate a lot of things together, right? Yes. Yeah, that's really important. Um, empathy. I don't know. Are you empathetic? Is that one of the traits people say about you? Uh, more so when I was younger. Yeah. I can see my grade being low at this point in my life. Uh, but toward me, I feel like you know I've been struggling through things, and you have been there and useful, and mm-hmm. you've been good about it. I'm going to go B plus because oh, you wow. helped me through a dark time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I thought was, I was going to give myself a C. Okay, well, that's fine. Discretion, loyalty, C. No. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is we don't have enough friends in common to go through discretion, loyalty. Mm. You know, because you have no chance to sort of be disloyal toward our friendship. Right. Right, so mm-hmm. far. So, you know, if you want to up that, go ahead. Um, self-awareness. Um, self. I don't know why this is even important anymore, right? Actually, no, it's important. Like, if you knew you're, like, if you had a douchey friend, like, I want them to know they're douchey. Mm-hmm. Like, they should, you know, like, you, you, for example, you, like, oh, I know this is such and such. I'm not going to use some examples. But you are pretty self-aware of how you are, would you say? For the most part. I mean, we all have our blind spots, but I, I think I, I try constantly. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is unconditionality, hmm. which is kind of the same thing as loyalty, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, but but yeah. I think loyalty is sort of like a blind sort of a blind sort of uh, like a dog is loyal. Like they have no, there's no like good or bad. They're just loyal. Mm-hmm. Whereas unconditionality is like, even if you're wrong or right, I'm still with you. 
Is that what's the difference between that and unconditionality? Yeah, it might have to maybe it applies to a broader set of circumstances. Okay. Um, again, I don't know. We haven't been in those circumstances. We need to go through some dark times first. We need to have a friend fight before we can discuss oh my loyalty and unconditionality. Don't you think? That will be the end of this podcast. Yeah, this will be over real quick. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's go through electives real fast. Mm-hmm. Fun factor, gossip sharing, social opportunity, quality advice, bring along ability, extracurriculars, storytelling diversity, memory, wavelength unification, longevity. Uh, let's start from the bottom up. Longevity. We're only at one year. Uh, we're at we're at we're at a C, right? Is one average. year average? I mean, a one year friendship is not that long. Would you say? All right, all right. Yeah, we're like new friends. Wavelength unification. Now, this is really important. This is sort of like: Are you always kind of like working on the same vibe? Like, are mm-hmm. you guys kind of? I can't tell. I don't know. I my main concern in our friendship when you came to visit Taiwan was that like we eat at different times, but I think <laughs> we've balanced that out this trip. I hope. Because now I'm more aware of like when you need to eat. <laughs> I mean, this is great. I have, like the most important thing for wavelength is eating, but it's no, no. Like wavelength, you know, it's like, do you feel like going out? Like, oh, cool. I feel like going out. Do you feel like going to do this? Like, yeah, me too. Like, you want to relax? You know, some people are like, yo, I'm trying to chill. Another mm. person like, yo, I'm trying to be out. Like, that's not good. Okay, I don't want this is more of an actual like physical stuff. Like, I was thinking you were thinking more like um how you think about things or interests oh. and wavelength. But I know I understand now. Okay. Yeah. No. I think it's straight, just wavelength. Okay. I think we're getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're getting better. Uh, memory, you could work on. Um, but you know, that's not that's, that's that's fine. I have a terrible memory too. Um, that that's memory's not that important. Who cares? It is you sometimes. So? Historically, I have a great memory, but it hasn't been so consistent in the past several years. Sometimes it's excellent, like creepy, and other times nothing. Nothing. So yeah. obviously, you've experienced a lot of. My bad patches. Sad. No, it's just it's a hit and miss. Like I, mm. you know, I don't think memory is that important. Um, mm. Also, we don't talk that often, so it's okay. It's not like I'm pounding the same facts over and over into your life. Mm. Um, storytelling diversity. A. Lots of stories. Lots of diverse stories. Acceptable. Wow. All but, right. Okay. The manner in which I tell stories is really bad. But in terms of oh, you write actual experiences and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, I agree. There's always new stories I've never heard. Hmm. Um, they're also driven stories. Uh, extracurriculars. Um, I think you bring a lot of extracurriculars, extracurriculars to the table. That's sort of just like random hobbies or some shit or like, you know, something like just really different things, right? Like you're into this. Like it's almost like interest. You have a lot of interests. Okay. And that's like off the charts. That's pretty high. Oh, excellent. Really. Uh, bring a long ability. I've tested this a lot. Very high. Thank you. I brought you to many situations. <laughs> yeah. um, Throw me into the sharks. Yeah, I actually think you're... I think I have a pretty high bring ability as a friend, mm-hmm. but I think yours is higher. No way. Yeah, it's, I it's doubt that. Good. Uh, we haven't been around your friends as much right. uh, enforced, but I think your bring ability is very high. Um, quality advice. Do you give me advice? I would say N.A. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we give each other any sort of advice. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to bring up, though, because you would think, right, this is... An, as a friendship report card, it's a yeah. normal part of considering whether somebody is a good or bad friend or whatnot. But in this case, I would say that doesn't really apply to us, at least not yet. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I don't think we really come to each other for advice. Agreed. Uh, social opportunity. This is sort of like, do you, do we meet people? Like sort of like, are we help each other, I guess, be social? Mm-hmm. 
Is that is that something? That's a hard one too because we're, we don't, the we don't live in the same city. We do know some of the same people, but yeah, I'd go. I'd go high. I think it's uh, let's go with average plus C plus. Sure. We don't know gossip sharing. You don't gossip enough. I'll just are you right serious? Now. I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, your gossip's great. I love it. I love the gossip. I need more details. Um, oh, what? Oh my goodness! I feel like I give you so many. You can give me more. You can always give salacious. me more. Salacious. Okay. Very salacious. I mean, gossip doesn't have to just do with yourself. You could tell me. Yeah. We don't have enough friends in common. That's but the once issue. we do. Oh my. Feel free to just. Oh, you are right. Dish it right okay. over. Uh, fun factor. Obviously, very high. Obviously high. Uh, okay, so that that's the report card. Amazing. I, I can say I don't think I've ever known anyone. Who, uh, Such in-depth report cards. Right, or I mean, if people I know have them, they don't tell me. <laughs> What's the important factor for you for friendship? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I think I had no idea it was going to be like this. So oh, I'm I sorry. You're no, no it's, no, it's not bad oh, at okay. all. Not So the whole... Me saying that I was going to give one to John on the fly is, I take it back. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, you still can. It's so long. I can make one. But right now, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Obviously, I'm here in San Diego. So friendship factor. Hi, every, most things are pretty high. I'm not going to go back to the list, though, because I think that would probably be yeah, That's a, my list. That would be like another 15 minutes at least. Yeah, that's like, that's like my list of the things that I want in a friendship. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you should consider what you need in friendships and evaluate your friends. Hmm. And take action after that, or just kind of reconsider. Um, more of it is more just a, re- a reflection. I think it's a little bit of reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also just sort of like it's good to evaluate sometimes. You know, In, I mean, true, it is true. Every few years or whatnot, you too. We could be better friends if we did this or that or something like that. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only report card for people who are like going to be like friends for a while or real friends. It's not like some random person I met. Right. But they got to be... It's effort. It's a lot of effort. I mean, as you can see, there's a lot of thought put into this. Yeah, it's way longer card. than I thought it was going to be. I don't half-ass this stuff. <laughs> All about the spreadsheets. More yeah, excuses yeah. for more spreadsheets. Any comments on the Friendship Report card? Well, I'm I'm stunned. Not in a bad way. I'm just, wow. That's a... Yeah. Not what I thought. I'll send you the physical copy. Okay, and I can I can make one for you. Okay, thanks. Great. Okay, so don't worry. I think you'll do just fine. But Thank you. <laughs> Okay, you talk about your week. Oh, well, sure. Well, you know, the interesting thing about being in San Diego is I, you know, I actually came here quite a bit um, when I was younger, kind of around college, a little bit after college. I knew a lot of people who went to school down here, friends, ex-boyfriend, whatnot. Um, little brother went to school down here. So I used to have a lot of ties. That said, I haven't been here in several years. I've seen parts of San Diego eaten things in San Diego, et cetera, done things that actually I've never done before, which is fascinating and interesting. And some of the other people that I've managed to meet up with, uh, well, here, were not here when I was here. So that's kind of a mind, you know, mind fuck sort of thing. Like, oh, uh, for example, I'm, of course, like podcasting with John, going around seeing his old daily life, like routines, this went fascinating to me. Totally love it. But that said, I've also managed to meet up with like three or four other friends. Um, and John has met them all as well. I have. So that's been interesting that he's seen these slices of my life, considering that we're long distance friends. The first friend we saw uh, was one of my old bar bosses from Melbourne, Australia. And he's from Vancouver originally. So he moved back to Canada and was so happened to be in San Diego for Halloween. What are the chances of that, by the way? <laughs> Insane. 
I thought. So, friend number one. <laughs> I think John spent the most time with him out of all of my friends here. Second and third friend kind of put them in one unit because they're husband and wife. Uh, two lovely people who I met in Hawaii. Uh, they actually technically were my neighbors, but I met them first as, as customers at a bar uh, where I used to work. So we, we became pretty close. You know, while we were in Hawaii, they had a baby. I left Hawaii a few years ago. They left a couple years later. The husband is originally from the San Diego area, so they moved here, back here for him. First time for her, I believe. And they had another child, so I got to see them a couple of days ago, and that was pretty amazing. Especially, you know, when your friends have families and you see them grow, it really is, like, very touching. You get very emotional a little bit because it kind of helps you give you a marker of time um, in general, but of your friendship, of yourself, of them. So it's, it was lovely. Great. Third person was, uh, oh, one of my hostel mates from London about 10 years ago. And our whole group, just people go in and out, but we see each other. Maybe some people every year, some every few years, but there's always this lifelong bond that that occurs. So we went to, um, actually of note, a very fancy, very, very fancy hotel bar in Del Mar called Etha Fairmont, a lavishly rich hotel of another time. It's ostentatiously lavish. Like, it's gross. Yeah, it's, it gross. it's gross how fancy it is. Um, and the architecture is like a mess. It's like arches plus columns. Just It's, it's kind of a hot mess. But it looks very fancy because everything's marble. Marble and huge. And huge, yeah. We drank in the library section. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, I just went to this bar last week and I was dressed like a scrub. And generally speaking, when we walk in, we feel like scrubs. But they really welcome you. So in a way, I kind of want to push that, that this week. That's my recommendation. Oh, yeah, Fairmont for Hotel. sure. They, they're welcoming. Yeah, John was wearing a hoodie. Mm-hmm. I was wearing Converse sneakers and a denim jacket. Our other friend was wearing a tank top. And they treated us like we belonged. Yeah, they were so nice. Yeah. Every every staff person, from the parking attendant to our cocktail waitress, everyone was so nice. Let me let me ask you something about this sort of catch-up conversation. Because I feel like because you run around different cities, you're, you're doing a lot of catch-up all the time. Yes. Um, and do you generally bring another friend along for the catch-up? Because I was there for two all or of three them. of your sessions. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, that's difficult. You yes, know, because you're kind of juggling like, yo, I just want to talk to you, like catch up. Mm. We only have an hour or two, but yet my friend is here. Uh, what do you, what, how do we do it? You know, like, give me your ideal scenario. In general. Yeah. Well, this general. speaks to actually a factor in John's friendship report card is bring along ability. Mm-hmm. And John's is very high. So it was actually funny for this trip because I, I think in, for the most part for our friendship, been mostly him bringing me along to certain things mm-hmm. just based on you know where i've been i i guess in in some ways I've, I've more been on john's turf i've never met any of your friends by the way right yes. except for our mutual ones exactly uh so this was kind of like a very intense like one two three okay you want to be my bring along ability bring along friend let's do this mm-hmm. three days in a row well, or let's actually, keep in mind there's no choice i, I couldn't ditch you you couldn't right john was my ride yeah <laughs> What a nice friend, do you see? His report cards are doing so well right now. ability plus driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, John was a trooper. He's like, all right, I am trapped here. Yeah. But I will, I'll go along with this. But I mean, ideally, would you want to catch up with somebody after not seeing them four or five years with somebody else? Uh, well, I think I had men- we had mentioned this in a previous conversation, not recorded though, uh, that I'm very bad at mixing my, my friends usually. Mm-hmm. And part of it... Is because I have such different types of friends, uh, which can be good and bad. Like I try to be friends with 
almost everybody or a lot of types of personalities, but the issue that means I cannot automatically mix them all together. I've a couple times I've done it. There've definitely been disastrous results. Uh, so I always have an apprehension that it's going to happen, no matter no matter how cool each party is or how laid back or whatnot. But I feel as if for this trip and all the people that you met, they're they all I think they all have high bring along ability themselves. So I wasn't too worried. How did you feel uh, about your friends? Or I, mean, about, I was the one being brought along, right? So how did you feel? I mean, it was fine, but I think that in that position where you are the one being brought along, you kind of like it's okay to tap out. Like it's good、mm. to tap out of the conversation. It's good to sort of like give them space to, because you're kind of a looming presence. Like you know, they have to explain every story to you. Like, oh, this is what happened. Da da da. da. Sometimes that's fun,、mm-hmm. but a lot of times that's not fun, right? It depends, right? I agree. I agree. Like, I don't want to. I I don't need to explain this whole backstory because I'm just trying to catch up with this person. But also, the thing is, I don't like catching up. Whereas, I think people that you hang out with, of course, they want to catch up with you because they don't know where you've been, what are you doing. Generally speaking, I go straight into just talking about something that's pretty topical, so、Ooh. I avoid the catch up. So you're saying you don't care if you haven't seen a friend for a long time, say years, you don't care what's happened in or. Or wait, you say the ketchup for you entails maybe a five minute nutshell. Yeah, real fast, like real fast. And you move it along. I I move it right along. So then, what would you talk about? Like just current events, or just some? Like, you... Yo, what have you been watching? Like, what have you been doing? You know, I go straight to events that sort of like a broader conversation. Like, I try to pull into something where like, I guess everybody might participate without a past history. Mainly just because like I don't like I don't like talking about. Um, you know what we did. I wouldn't ask、doing. you why not, but I'm also remembering. This speaks to my bad memory, Gray. John's actually told me this before, and I forgot. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that's just. I mean, that's just me. I don't like catching up. Right. Yeah. Huh. Why not? So I'm just like, don't you? If it's your friend and they're, you know, they're gone through years of not seeing each other, maybe things have happened to them which have significantly affected their current state、that's、of、true. mind. What not? But you don't want to hear about that. Well, okay. Here's the thing: if you bring somebody along, it's difficult like this because I bring somebody along, and even though somebody's bring ability could be really high,、mm-hmm. the shit I want to know is the shit that you're gonna tell me in secret. Like,、huh. did you just have some bad shit happen to you? Did you have some awesome stuff happen to you? Usually, it's bad, right?、Uh, it's like salacious <laughs> stuff. Like, I want I want them to be comfortable enough to share with me. Some friends they don't care. Like, they'll be like, "Oh, this is your friend. Like, I'll share everything." Because like, "Oh, I'll never see you again," and they'll be comfortable saying like. Oh man, I just like broke with my boyfriend, or this happened, or like I I quit my job because this happened. Like,、mm-hmm. but when you sort of、uh, generally speaking, when you are just meeting strangers, you don't talk about the negative stuff.、Hmm. Whereas I like to go straight for like the negative stuff a little bit. You know, I don't know what 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 really happened. Like you know, gossip factor again. It's not gossip. <laughs> no. It's just because like if you follow people on social media, like you know the kind of the good things that happen. Like I don't need a rehash of what I saw on social media. Do you know what I'm saying?、Um, I suppose so, but this assumes that one follows social media and cares enough about a person to remember it and look at it. So you can't, but you also can't assume. I can't assume. Yeah,、mm-hmm. right, right, right.、Um, mainly because for me, sort of like, I don't want the catch up. I want the hangout. Huh? You know, but, I want to hang out. So the catch up cannot be the hangout to you. Fascinating. They're very separate things. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're separate things.、Differ. Yeah, this wavelength is not. <laughs> I keep referring. I'm only going to refer to the report card the rest of the show.、So、great, great. I love it. Okay. 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, for you seeing old friends, um, also the thing is you see them in settings where, I mean, you're the bar. Right. So you got to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not sort of like an activity. Do you prefer activity? Yeah, I need activity. Such as? I, I don't know. We're going to go just do something. What's your typical do something, though, for a hangout? It's not a, that's sort of supposed to be a catch-up, but it's a hangout. Do you play mini golf? Do you go for a walk? Uh, do you play basketball? Your is, is eating uh, count? No, because you're kind of still yeah, just... Yeah, eating kind of... Usually it's pretty activity-based. It's like, yo, let's go watch something or let's go do this something, you know? It's rarely like, yo, let's sit up and sit down and catch up. Mm-hmm. Again, I avoid that. And part of, even part of it is because you don't drink? Yeah, part of it is because I don't drink. Mm-hmm. So what was the last activity you did for your last hangout that was a catch-up? Oh, I mean, you know, there's like, I just saw my friend maybe two weeks ago and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I hit him up out of the blue. I'm like, you want to play Mahjong? <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, he couldn't. But we had dinner and we did a little bit of catch-up then. But then the next day, he's like, yo, you want to go fly some drones? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so like the catch-up time is happening on our transportation ride. Like we're driving there. Like, yo, how's... He's got married. How's your wedding? How's getting married? You know, like the catch up is happening in between the hangout, but our activity hmm. is still flying the drone. Huh. I actually, it's a very clean breakdown. And also I will say, I admire the fact that you put it on the, the activity track straight, straight from the go. Whereas I would be like, let's just keep drinking again and again. And you're like, <laughs> to go from, uh, sorry, what did you do again? <laughs> Whatever. I heard drones and I was like, oh my God. That is like an upshoot. That's great. <laughs> I've never flown a drone. Who says I know it's great. It's awesome. Right. So I mean, I, I have much respect for that. You set the tone. You set the direction. And no, because I want an activity to happen. Right. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Because catch-ups generally don't take that long. For you, right? right. I mean, right. I, I guess for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Considering how much you can talk, I'm just so surprised. But okay. Again, this is a. Yeah, but I don't like to talk about like what I did. Right. I don't even want to hear what you did. I just want the highlights. <laughs> right. You're all about everything's in a nutshell slash paragraphs. Yeah. You're all about that. But it's very efficient of you, right? Yeah. In the way you like to do friend, everything. Possibly. No, no, no. Just like I said, uh, making people think about how to be as succinct as possible, which is also why, how are we friends then? All what, right. What, why? Because I talk so much. But you give me the highlights. You're not giving oh, me I the quotidian, so. like, here's what I did today and today and today. <laughs> I mean, maybe you are. I mean, maybe this podcast is this quotidian. I don't know. Um, but you know, you get, we're only getting the highlights. Okay, great. Yeah. Well then. What did you do here that you don't normally do? A lot of it, this time, I think maybe because I'm older, I was paying much more attention to the way the neighborhoods are or the areas of San Diego are. Part of it is I was seeing areas that I hadn't seen most of the t- previous times I'd been here when I was younger. So just being, having my mind blown, something as small as uh, I had forgotten that a lot of the house numbers here are five digits long, mm, that and that blows my out. mind. I feel like in the city, of San Francisco, maybe it's maximum three numbers. Usually, five is too crazy to me, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it really speaks to how spread out and large San Diego is or can be. Um, and I'm just really thinking about, you know, and seeing how nice so many of the areas are. Just try picturing growing up in a place that nice. Uh, so like almost like gated communities or just like having so much space, having access to horses. Like it's really amazing to me. And so, so just such a SoCal, you know, like San Diego and idealistic, idyllic lifestyle. It's so foreign to me, but fascinating. Well, give us some background first on where and how you grew up, because that's the good comparison. So I'm from San Francisco proper, 
uh, third generation. My father was born and raised in the city as well. So I've always lived in the city as city. The times I've lived not in a city, uh, quite rare. So college, I was in a suburb of Boston where my ca- college campus was. So I suppose that maybe that was my first real non-city living uh, situation. And second, uh, when I was living in New Zealand for a year, when I was working, I was in a, a small town and I was farming and working in a, a pack house. So, so I didn't really have those non-city experience, living experiences until pretty late in life, in my life. So this is why this San Diego and SoCal style of living is fascinating, crazy, to me crazy. Um, but to think, oh, a lot of, actually a number of my friends grew up like this. But didn't, don't you meet, I mean, don't you visit other friends in cities and they live in the suburbs or not? Or they're usually in the city somewhere? Mm, different types of suburbs. So the most recent examples I can think about is when I I have a lot of German friends and, you know, not everyone is from Berlin, right? So I, a lot of them live in these small towns, but not suburbs in the way that I know, that we know in America, just because, you know, you go to Europe, these small towns are much, much older than modern America. So they're tiny, very walkable. I mean, people refer to them as villages, technically, often. So it's a, I can't really compare it in that sense. But you're right. It'll, I'm also blown away. <laughs> I mean, you don't hang out in the American suburb. I mean, I live in oh. you know, like the American suburb, and you're saying this is unfamiliar to you. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Oh. That's, I really didn't know that when you were coming here. I didn't. It didn't occur to me that yeah. You, I mean, I knew you grew up in the city, but it, mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me that all the places you moved, you never lived in the suburbs. Right by choice. Right Definitely. by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a friend who came to visit me last weekend. And she's like, you live in Pleasantville. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's definitely Pleasantville. All the houses look the same. As you noted, the trees look the same. And yeah, you know, this is this. I live in the thing that a lot of people fear. You know, they don't want this. Gated community. I live in a gated community <laughs> and the streets are clean and they have absurd rules. And do you think that now that you've seen it, you're like, oh, this makes more sense. As about, to how you are? Or? Yeah. Like, you know, don't you think when you see where somebody came from, going to their hometown or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Kind of. Well, you know, John and I had talked about this a little bit earlier as well, that, you know, because we've moved around so much, we don't often get to see our friends' places of origins, their old friends or family. Uh, And the older we get, the more valuable or slash, yeah, just entertaining and, you know, how much more insight it gives you into into who this person is. Uh, I think it's, you know, in my mind, I wouldn't say, oh, John is a, a suburban boy, because I think... Uh, a lot of the seemingly things he identifies with are with his his urban living experiences, which have been a lot of your adult life. Yes, mm-hmm. right. So that's really what I I picture. But um, at least like in terms of oh, like you're saying I used to skate down this driveway. This is the way I used to drive to my friend's house. Yeah, I guess I no. Yeah, it's nothing negative so far. I think for some people it's much more obvious the effect. Well, I don't think it has to be negative, mm-hmm. but it kind of broadens your your vision of their background. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Well, it's the physical layout of where you are. Plus, also, I literally just met your mom and your and your sister and your brother in law and your niece today. All today. Right. 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 That was that's true. (laughs) It was great. You met the family. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, like for me, I remember going to college, and you know, I was pretty sheltered going to college. And having come from suburbia, and all my friends came from suburbia, if not more suburban than here, even even like you know, deeper, darker suburbia. What do you mean? Like they're from more, they're 
even more suburbia than here, like, you know, even more row houses, even more just like everything's the same. And then I went to college and I met people who lived in different places, like New York or whatever it may be. But even then, I didn't really understand where they came from. Like, we would speak about it, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand. And then when I went to New York or something and I saw where they came from, I'm like, whoa, you live in a building and there's like no backyard, there's no front yard, there's no... There's no place to ride your bike. Just you know, like I, I saw it. Like intellectually, I knew what that was, but until I saw it, I just couldn't understand. And so that's sort of I, I, I kind of always refer to that moment. I'm like, oh right, I was so sheltered, but I didn't think I was. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, everybody grows up like this. Everybody has a house in a backyard <laughs> and a front yard, and you know, whatever that may be. Okay, so college was the first time you really realized it, it really hit you, but the first time you actually lived in a environment that was different than this well college was where i met people who were like that right and it wasn't until like i visited them afterwards or maybe during the summer or something where i saw a very different kind of living and how they grew right up. but for you actually your living situation like the first time you're like i'm gonna be an urbanite or or whatnot when was that oh i see mm-hmm. i've never used that term by the way it just came out i don't think i was ever an urbanite until i lived in new york and that was when I mean, even maybe the second time I moved to New York, which was like 2006, hmm. because even before that, I lived in Jersey City, which was, not, you know, that's not really urban. You know, it's like close to Manhattan, but you're still living pretty, you drive to a grocery store, you know, it's like not, there's a, there's a deep part of my soul that is suburban, you know, like I like empty parking lots. <laughs> I like Costco, <laughs> you know, I like, I like that. I like, I need parking lots. I like hanging out in the parking, you know, we grew up hanging out in parking lots. You know, uh, so I think that's inescapable for me. Mm, you like driving on the freeway where there's no cars in front of you or behind it. you and yeah. no lights. That really scared me, actually. But I love having was... nobody around. <laughs> and as much as I love the city, I can't even stay in cities that long because of that. Hmm. I'm used to this. You know, it's like. Oh, see, that's I always thought you couldn't stay in certain cities too long just because you just have, you know, your wanderlust. But part of it is because too much. You need to reset in a quieter environment or. Yeah, like you, you're. I'm either like totally, totally in the frontier in the suburbs where there's nothing, or you just boom. You're like in the middle of the jungle with everything. But you can only, I can only hang out there so long. Wow. Um, okay. And in your particular case, you're like, I don't want to hang out on the frontier because like that's not familiar to you, and you don't like that sort of emptiness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's true. Presumably. Right. It's too quiet at night. I cannot sleep very well. It's creepy. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, your house is fine. But in general, <laughs> I mean, it's, I've had, been in those environments a number of times now where I know that nothing's going to, like, no one's going to jump out of the woods and, like, murder me. But, but... you've lived in the countryside, like, in farms and stuff. Yes. That, What's the it difference? still bothers that's me. The, that's same more thing. frontier. To me, it's, like, the same thing. That's the same as the suburbs. In terms of the quiet level at night. You just want some, you want some noise. Mm-hmm. Some white noise. Give me your your two your forty eight hour tour of your hometown of San Francisco. Yeah, so you know uh, I used to have a website where I would post an itinerary for um, a fictional but sometimes very real seventy two hour trip of San Diego because a lot of friends used to come here and visit and be like, this is what we're gonna do, this is what I think are the important things for you to do. So what's your sort of forty eight hour seventy two hour itinerary for your town? Okay, it's interesting you ask this because I only have a rough one or a couple of rough. Itineraries only in the past couple of years, mostly because I, I suppose you can say I officially moved back to San Francisco just about two years ago. Uh, I mean, I'm always 
in and out. But before that, it was more in and out than now. Like, oh, I'm home for six weeks. I'm home for three weeks. So oftentimes, people would be passing through. And even if I wasn't there, they would ask me, what should I do? And got to the point where I was like, you know, I don't really live there anymore. I I don't know the new stuff. I don't know what's going on. Like, these are some of the things that I did when I was there when I was younger. And here, maybe here are some of the more like classic things to do that will hopefully always be around. But I have no idea. And uh, only past couple of years have I started to shape, you know, a couple of options. Assuming that my visitors are about my age and like to do the same things I like to do. Yeah, they want a day in the life of Marco, a weekend in the life of Marco. Mm-hmm. So here, I suppose, here are my, t- my two major itineraries. And they can be the same depending on the weather and the person's time. Uh, if they want more like historical walking stuff, we can possibly meet downtown. Uh, something that it's newer. It's, I hate doing it, but I feel like it's necessary. Uh, sometimes I'll have people meet me in Mid Market, which is kind of like the new tech triangle of San Francisco. Mid Market used to be nothing. This is like Ninth Market, Eighth Market, whatnot. Uh, but now you have companies there such as Twitter, uh, Square, Uber. I think Airbnb. There's a ton of them there. So there's some really ridiculously priced food courts, like food halls, bars, restaurants there, along with still some of the older nothings and kind of tenderloin crossover. But I realized that's a great place to take a visitor because it's such a San Francisco thing. I think you forget when you live in the Bay Area, you for, you can say, oh, Silicon Valley tech bros, blah, 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 blah. You can talk about it all the time, but I think you don't realize that for visitors, it can be very special or like amazing to see the big ass Twitter logo on the building. Mm. They're like, this is the source, you know, like- Take me to Facebook. Yeah, like everyone in the world knows Twitter. Oh my gosh, here's the building like right here or whatever. Or just even just to people watch and say like, okay, all the shit I was talking about, (laughs) about how like young dudes in tech don't know how to dress. I'm like, look at those guys over there. (laughs) It's obviously kind of a hate watch too. But I'm bringing them there as an experience. And we'll be like, okay, let's go to Blue Bottle in this building. Let's eat in this like fancy food hall. So I think that's like a cool tourist thing to do, actually. Okay. It's a little bit newer. Um, touristy, yet not touristy. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, okay, this is uniquely San Francisco and newer San Francisco. So I'll show you. Uh, then if you want, you can walk through Union Square. Meh, maybe you're at Buena Gardens. MoMA is always an option. Go up to Chinatown. And more recently... This is very cliche now, but I'll take them to Lipo Lounge. I don't know what that is. It's an old chintzy bar on Grant Avenue. And Anthony Bourdain did stop by there. So it's a big thing. But their signature drinks is this Chinese Mai Tai. Let's go back to my, my bars, my drinking and ketchups. <laughs> Always a great plan. Uh, so if they drink, we can do some daytime drinking or nighttime drinking. So yeah, it's kind of old Chinatown. Bartenders don't give a shit. There's like a microwave right behind the bar. <laughs> you want some Chinese whiskey, quote unquote. It's a, I think it's a, a sight to be seen. Uh, way, and then we can keep walking up, go up to North Beach. So there's obviously City Lights Bookstore. If they're, if they're into like beat generation, beat writers, that's great. And North Beach is an area that, you know, only in the past couple of years I've come to appreciate. Uh, I'm talking to some of my other native San Franciscan friends you know, wondering why we didn't hang out there more when we were younger. And part of it is because it's actually just kind of far away from everything. Mm. <laughs> it's literally in the northeastern corner of right. the city, and it right. feels very far from a lot of places. So that's part of it. And also, if you're under 21, there's actually not a lot you can do there. <laughs> you can eat, but you want to pay for overpriced Italian food, right? You're kind of like, what can you do? Also, because I used to work at a strip club there as a bartender, uh, that became one of my my tour itinerary items as well. And I think most people like doing it. Right. 
you know, if, especially if they've never been one to been one. Uh, sorry, been to one before, um, or the one I used to work at is quite historical, actually. So that would be a major itinerary. Um, if it's a sunny day, uh, and maybe they're a little bit more, I hate to say, it, but kind of hipster or whatever, I'll we'll we'll hang out. I'll make them hang out with me in Dolores Park, which is something I would have never done as a teenager. You're like, oh, it's dangerous. There's needles in the grass. Why are the hipsters rolling around in the grass? But now that I've done it several times myself in New San Francisco, I realize it is quite nice. If it's it's almost always lovely weather, there's new bathrooms there. People are selling things there. <laughs> the- you're kind of a tourist in San Francisco now, in a way. I'm like a weird like, in between like space, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what helps make me, I think, an okay tour guide. Okay. Because I'm like, okay, well, what will you enjoy doing? So then right. it's like, okay, after that, if you're not too drunk, like. <laughs> themes again you can take a walk up and down the shops like go to paxton's gate go to the 826 valencia which is dave eggers is writing writing a center slash pirate shop so that's a fancier part you can get coffee you can go to cycle coffee and then you can of course get like mexican food you can drink more if you want uh so those are kind of like the two big tracks i mean that's nice i like this that. is not even including you know alcatraz golden gate bridge fisherman's Report. i mean that's stuff they can do themselves that's like, what i'm saying i was shit. like that's i was like i'm not riding all the way out there with you <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not taking the Empire Stable thing. You handle it yourself. Mm-hmm. But this this itinerary is great because it's it is a very different one. And normally you wouldn't go to these places. Oh, I guess. Right? Thank you. It depends who you are. Right, depends what kind of tourist you are. Exactly. I mean, they they this is your tour of San Francisco. It's like, what do I want to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that said, um, what is your forty eight to seventy two hour tour of San Diego? Uh, I mean, it's pretty basic. I mean, I I frankly tend to think of San Diego as pretty boring hmm. and the only things you can look at are basically ocean and shopping so like if you're not into the ocean or the malls then I don't have a lot for you uh, but having said that you know I can take you to a variety of different beaches there's like the surfing beach there's like the lounging beach here's the beach to look at people here's some rocks you can like fish on here's some rocks you can dig around here's some seals pretty basic stuff so that's that's really all we got you know unless you want to do you know the zoo or you want to do SeaWorld, some attractions. Um, I generally do take people to malls because A, I like shopping, they like shopping, and our outdoor malls are nice. Um, The outdoor mall is, I wouldn't say rare necessarily, but most of our malls here are outdoors, and they're nice, and it's cool. Um, And, you know, so much of my tour is sort of Mexican food focused, and a lot of it is just sort of uh, places that I would go because, you know, the touristy places in San Diego. Um, I mean, now there's whole parts, of, like you said, there's whole parts of cool San Diego that I don't know anything about. You know, there's parts of downtown. There's parts of like Barrio Logan. There's like these areas, North Park, Golden Hill. I know where they are. I've been there a few times myself, but I couldn't take you around there. So, again, I can only show you what my life is, which is going to the beach, going to the mall. <laughs> eating Mexican food. And that's it. So, unfortunately, my tour of San Diego, you can only... I think if you come for about 48 hours, it's perfect. 72 hours, we're pushing it. 72 hours, we're going to have one day where we just chill and do nothing. You know, I mean, that's that's my cell in San Diego. That sounds pretty good. I think chilling and do nothing, though, is arguably quite San Diegan. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is. I mean, if you come here with expectations of doing a lot... There's there's not a lot that I can take you to do. <laughs> Would you extend your itinerary into saying, let's go to Mexico? No, because I've never been myself. <laughs> so you're you on need your own. to be a tourist then. You're on your own. Uh, I'm not taking you to Mexico. Yeah, I can't take anybody to Mexico. Okay. I guess that would, would be 
yeah, one of my first thoughts because you are so close to the border. And if you feel like you've exhausted your San Diego options, you're like, okay, what's left? Oh, here's an extra add-on if you're here for another day. Let's yeah, cross the border. Yeah, that doesn't come as part of my tourism no. package. I'm sorry. Would you be bothered saying let's go up to LA? Or too far? I'll put you on the train to LA. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well, so far, I mean, I've enjoyed John's tour of San Diego. I mean, a lot of it does involve... I'm very easily amused, so... Things like, oh, let's go to Trader Joe's, even though there's there's Trader Joe's where I live. But, but here's the it's thing. Really Could fun. you imagine being here for like two weeks? Oh, uh, okay. To be honest, not really. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, Fair now, enough. Now we're talking. But, you know, I think because you're here for such a short time, we did like one of everything, you know, like one of this food, one of that thing, one beach, one this, like just like a little bit of one of everything. And that's fine. True. And that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. And you've been here before. So, like, after a while, the novelty wore off real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one neighborhood, one this, one new. Um, but I think pretty quickly you would want to get out of here. I was having flashes of, um, oh, like, could I have ever moved here at certain points of my life? And I, I do think the answer is no. Although, I will say, one thing I used to say about San Diego, it still holds true. I find that for Northern Californians who say they don't like Southern California, which is very typical, vice versa as well. Uh, San Diego tends to be an exception. Most people I know from Northern California say, I like San Diego, but I hate LA. Yeah. So that's points for San Diego. I'm always confounded by people who say I love San Diego because I'm like, <laughs> what are you loving exactly? Like, it's really <laughs> chill. It's like going to a spa. But, you know, who knows? If, if you don't if you don't grow up in this sort of experience, you might really love it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, I grew up here, so I can't. I, I love it, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, eh, this is so bland. But... If you don't have the ocean on your doorstep all the time, maybe it's great, right? Right. Uh, like you said, it's like you lived in Hawaii for a long time. And I'm like, I should move to Hawaii. When I first when I first met you, I was like, Margo, you live in Hawaii? Should I move there? You're like, no. <laughs> Remember? And it's probably the same thing. Like for me, Hawaii is like, oh, it sounds great. For you, you're like, I've been there for a long time. Like it's too small. Something like that, right? Okay, good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. No, actually, there is a very strong relationship between Hawaii and San Diego. Like people are always going back and forth. I think up here there are like Hawaiian like paddling teams, etc. Like you don't get that in any West Coast mm. city. So yeah, so that's a, I think a fair analogy. Um, well, regardless of how long you stayed and how much you enjoy your trip, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for hosting. You're always an excellent host slash friend. So it's been great. Um, let's move on to our shared recommendation. Oh my goodness! Let's go. Give it to me. Break it down. Oh me? Yeah. Well. Well, John had the idea. I didn't even know what this was before. So on Halloween night, uh, I wouldn't say we exactly saw a scary movie, but it was a creepy moment. The new uh, Park Chan-wook film. He did the Old Boy and a couple other films that I actually have not seen, but I've seen Old Boy. And it's called The Handmaiden. And it's based off of a novel called Fingers? The Fingersmith. The Fingersmith. Something which creepy. Is, which means somebody who's a pickpocket. It's a it's a set in maybe like 18th century Britain. And Fingersmith is what they used to call pickpockets. Also an analogy for just using your fingers for other things. So it's very apropos for the movie. Uh, break down the basic general idea of the movie. Okay, sure. Uh, so this is an adaptation of that, that novel, but it... The adaptations are interesting. So it's basically taking place in ni- the 1930s in 
Japanese-occupied Korea, um, mostly in this really rich dude's manner. So that even the architecture is like half English, half Japanese. So the the cast flows in between Korean and Japanese. And in the beginning of the film, it says like, oh, uh, the Korean subtitles are in white and the Japanese subtitles are in yellow. At first I was like, what? And then actually it, it helped a lot because they would get people would switch back and forth constantly. And that would have been confusing. Anyway, so that was cool. So um, aside from the architecture, the language switching, the mixture of costumes and different cultures and from the 30s I thought was quite fascinating as well. Basically, there is this band of thieves who lives in uh, the occupied area and there's this long, this very long, long, long game scheme that's hatched. So the idea is that this guy who we'll call the gentleman wants to marry the niece of this rich lord in order to, to take all the inheritance. Uh, but in order to do that, he hires one of the younger female thieves to become her handmaiden in order to gain her trust and basically convince her, like be the little bird who whispers in her ear that she needs to marry this this gentleman yeah you know and we don't want to spoil anything because this movie does have sort of you know plot surprises but generally speaking i mean there's no surprise you watch the trailer uh the handmaiden and the woman they're trying to scheme uh they kind of fall into you know a relationship kind of a love relationship and so that's how it plays out and and generally speaking i really want to watch this movie because the old boy series the vengeance series like regardless of your sort of taste for violence and sort of like some crazy shit that happens in those movies this it's shot beautifully he's he's a great director and on top of that um this is his they're not saying this is his best movie but this is definitely his most restrained movie with the least amount of violence and so the least amount of like yo what is happening shit so this is highly recommendable there are some uneasy scenes but at the same time not so uneasy that you would take away from that movie i think everything added to it perhaps whereas in some of the other movies i've seen it's like it's just too violent of his like i wouldn't recommend them to everybody even though i think the movies are pretty amazing and um this is you know this is something that i guess i would recommend pretty wholeheartedly to everybody it's two and a half hours but it goes by pretty quick and it resonated with me you know i don't know if i i would necessarily say i loved it loved it but i've been thinking about it for three days so it's with me yeah definitely excellent i would recommend this movie to most to most people who i know if you like you know international films if you like art house films whatnot uh plot twists things like that Yo, was beautifully shot. I thought pretty well acted. Um, the things that I would say is, uh, you can tell he's trying to make it kind of like a, a liberating female film, but mm. <laughs> he very much fails in that part. <laughs> it's but it's not. I don't hate him at all. You're kind of laughing at it because you're like, oh, you're trying so hard to be a non-pervy male, but all your films, <laughs> like, yeah, we definitely have criticisms. Males. We have yeah. criticisms about sort of. Uh, the way he uses his female characters. Mm-hmm, for sure. But, you know, uh, that's part of the package when you watch his movies. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you if you love critiquing films and whatnot, you'll, I think it'll be a healthy exercise in, you, in dissecting the film and giving it a cultural analysis and whatnot, as opposed to being like, this should be boycotted or bad. It's really, yeah, it's, it's worth watching. And it's also sort of uh, the rare... Um you know, Asian film that gets mm, over mm-hmm. here and gets, you know, so much movie play. Like, it's getting super well-reviewed. Uh, it's going to hit all major theaters soon. Uh, in fact, I'm afraid it's going to be gone soon. Mm-hmm. So you should watch it as soon as you can because this is something that doesn't happen that often where everybody universally agrees this is, like, a great movie and it's from overseas. Get on it. Excellent. Perfect. Um, okay, so once again, thank you for coming to San Diego and farewell and we'll maybe never see each other again. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
，拜拜，拜。